This year, we've been thinking about a singular theme, what it means to move forward with our God. And we began by talking about a passage from the third chapter of Philippians, where Paul says, Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize uh, of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, And we've talked about what it means to press forward this year. And we've been thinking about these movements in our life, moving forward from uh, our past to our future with God, moving forward from a a carefree life to one of commitment, moving forward from a me-centered life to a we-centered life. We talked about moving forward from brokenness to wholeness uh, and from comfortable to awakened. And this very last part of our year-long theme of moving forward, uh, we're going to do something challenging. We're going to do two movements, okay? So we're going to move forward from believers to disciples to apostles. Uh, And and this is a, a timely thing for roughly 3,500 years and this season between Passover and the giving of the law on Mount Sinai, between Easter and Pentecost, we have reflected on what it means to be followers and disciples of God. So um, that's what we're going to do these coming weeks. We're going to talk about moving forward from believers to disciples and from disciples to apostles Uh, And uh, this week, and actually for the next three weeks, we're going to focus on that first portion uh, of moving forward from believers to disciples. Uh, I'm sure you've noticed this, but in the Scriptures, whenever Jesus encounters someone and gets past the initial stages of introduction, He usually says two words to them, right? Follow me. To James and John and Peter and Andrew, while they are fishermen, He says, follow me. To Matthew, while he's collecting taxes, he says, follow me. To Nathaniel, while he's actually a disciple of John the Baptist, he says, leave your other rabbi and follow me. And I think those are the words Christ speaks to us. He calls us to follow him uh, and, and, and begin this sacred relationship between teacher and student, between rabbi and, and Talmudin, between Lord and follower. Uh, I think, however, that we don't have the best context to wrap our minds around what it looks like to truly be a disciple of a rabbi in the ancient world. But there is a, a modern sort of allegory to that that I think might help us understand what Jesus meant when He said, follow me to those students back then. Um, and we're going to use this particular example for this week and the next two weeks as we think about this movement from believer to disciple. Anybody ever seen a movie called The Karate Kid? Okay, that's a great movie. Uh, turns out there's more profane language in it than I remembered. Um, but other than that, it's a great movie. And uh, just a, a little introduction. So Daniel LaRusso is a kid from Jersey who moves to California, um, gets in a situation with some bullies, and at one point, the handyman where he lives, a guy named Mr. Miyagi, um, saves him from a group of these bullies. And it turns out that Mr. Miyagi is incredibly talented at karate, and Daniel asks him to train him. And Mr. Miyagi says yes. And in the very first day of their training, he shows up at Mr. Miyagi's home, and he says, um, Mr. Miyagi says, are you ready to begin? And he says, I guess so. 
And that's where we pick up. Walk on the road. Hmm? Walk right side, safe. Walk left side, safe. Walk middle, sooner or later, get the squish, just like grip. Here, karate, same thing. Either you karate do yes, or karate do no. You karate do guess so, just like grip. Understand? Yeah, I understand. Now ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Yes. Let's make sacred pact. I promise teach karate that to my part. You promise learn. I say you do. No question that to your part. Deal? Steal. Yes. First wash all the car, then wax. Wax. Well, why do I have to wash all the car? Remember, dear, no question. Yeah, but I... Right. <laughs> wax on, right hand. Wax off, left hand. Wax on, wax off. Breathe, in through nose, out the mouth. Wax on, wax off. Don't forget to breathe. Very important. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Hey, where these cars come from? Wax on. Detroit! Wax off. Okay. Uh, I, I am convinced that Jesus invites us to a similar sacred pact. Um, he will teach us what it means to follow God. That's his part. We will obey without question. That's our part. The problem is we have lots of questions, right? Don't you? I, I got lots of questions. Uh, and so what we often end up doing is not following Jesus yes or following Jesus no, but following Jesus guess so, right? I guess so. I guess today I'll try to follow Jesus. And like with uh, Mr. Miyagi's example, uh, at some point, trying to follow Jesus, guess so, ends up with us getting squished. So uh, I want to think this morning about um, what it means to follow Jesus in that same way, to follow Him and be obedient um, and not be bogged down by our questions. And I think the hardest part of that is this idea of giving up control, right? The Jesus, if, if you would, if you explain it all, I might be more on board, but just making me do it without question, that's pretty tough. So I want to think this morning about this first step in the sacred pact of discipleship, which is being obedient to God and giving up control. It feels a little bit like losing our freedom to tell Jesus we want Him to be in charge of our lives, and it can be kind of scary, right? Paul talks about this in Romans. And he has an interesting metaphor. He talks about slavery, and he talks about two kinds of slavery, uh, slavery to sin and slavery to righteousness. And, and, and he makes a really interesting point. See, Paul doesn't think about sla- uh, freedom as the ability to do whatever you want, freedom to. Paul thinks about freedom as the ability to be rescued from something, freedom from, right? Not freedom to uh, be a tyrant, but freedom from tyrants, 
right? Uh, and that's a huge distinction. And so Paul says, hey, at one point, we were free from righteousness. We were free from having to follow Jesus. We were our own masters. And he says, how did that work out? How did that work out when you were in the driver's seat making all the choices? And if it's working out great for you, then just keep it up, right? I mean, you can ignore the rest of this sermon except for the other cool video clips and, and just keep it going. But, but if, like me, you look back on those seasons of your life where you've said, I want to be the driver and you realize you're not a great driver, then maybe what you need is not freedom to do whatever you want, but freedom from, right? Freedom from our sin, freedom from our selfishness. Now, by the way, this is uncomfortable for us, I think, especially as Americans. Paul says um, you, we can present ourselves as obedient slaves, and beyond our horrible, awful history with slavery, just in general, we don't like that language, right? Because we as Americans want to be self-actualized and self-empowered and um, self-sufficient. Jesus says, in a nutshell, you really only have one choice. Your choice is, who are you going to follow? And, and if you choose to follow Him, um, that takes you down one path. If you choose to follow yourself or follow anybody else, really, it takes you down another. Jesus describes those two paths in the Gospel of Matthew. He says, um, the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction, and there are many who take it. The gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life, and there are few that find it. See, I, I'm convinced that um, when I am trying to be in charge of my own life, I can mess up in a whole host of ways, right? There are a million ways to not make an omelet, right? Um, but there's only a few right ones. There are a million ways uh, to get it wrong, but only a few ways to get it right. And, and boy, it feels like freedom when I'm choosing the way I want to get things wrong, but Jesus says, um, I want you to be slaves to righteousness because there's just one way. It's a hard road and a narrow gate, and many don't find it. I've been thinking about this week because I've been thinking about that idea this week because I know so many people who are, I think, believers in Jesus, but who are trying to be on that easy road. Uh, of saying, yeah, I mean, I, I believe in the ideas of Jesus. I, I just don't have time to follow Him right now, right? I, I give intellectual assent to the idea that He's the Son of God, um, but my belief doesn't really matter most days. Uh, I'm rarely engaged in asking what Jesus wants me to do or much less trying to figure that out. And when things go wrong in my life, rather than going to Christ, I, I kind of cover those up with worldly band-aids, my marriage is a disaster, but at least I'm succeeding at work. My relationships um, with my parents are not what they, I want them to be, but uh, at least I've got uh, a, a lot of um, name recognition in my community. We, we, we find these simple ways to cover up the deeper hurts that only Christ can fix, and we think we have control because we're still free to mess up however we want to mess up. So I wonder for you today um, if you are trying to be free to or free from. 
And what might it mean for you to say, Jesus, I'm going to stop trying to be free from you, and I want to be free from everything else. Uh, I want to commit uh, to obeying you without question. Uh, obeying Jesus without question, by the way, is really hard, um, not just because we love that sense of control, but because um, we like to know where we're going, right? I mean, we, we like to have some sense of what's next in our life, and it is really scary to say, um, Jesus, I'm going to do what you tell me to do um, without any sense of where that's going to take me. And the challenge of a disciple is we don't get to know. We're going to be thinking about the Karate Kid a little bit again, okay? So uh, there's a, a scene a little later in this film. Uh, Daniel has been training with his rabbi, his karate instructor, and he's had him wash the cars and wax on, wax off, and he's had him paint the fence, and he's had him paint his house, and he's had him sand all his floors. And Daniel is feeling quite literally uh, like he is a slave, right? Like he just exists to do chores rather than actually learning karate, um, and if you've seen this movie, you, you know what comes next. Now, we made a deal here. So? So? So you're supposed to teach and I'm supposed to learn, remember? Uh, you learned plenty. I learned plenty. I learned how to sand your decks, maybe. I wash your car, paint your house, paint your fence. I learned plenty, right? Uh, not everything is a single. I'm going home, man. Daniel-san. Daniel-san. What? Come here. Now show me wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Hey, wax on, hat. Wax off, hat. Concentrate. Look in my eye. Lock a hand. Thumb inside. Wax on, hat. Wax off, hat. Wax on, hat. Wax off, hat. Show me wax on, wax off. Show me pen to fence. Cash! Face! Yes! Yes! Show me side to side. Yes! 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 Show me sand the floor. Cash! Face! 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 the stuff Jesus challenges us to do that we don't get. Jesus, I don't understand why sex is limited to marriage because nobody else in our culture is doing that and it seems weird and antiquated and outdated and I don't think that makes sense anymore. Why do I have to do that? Jesus, I don't understand why you call me to love my enemies. I mean, we're not in a culture that's about loving our enemies. We're about beating the other guy and I want to beat the other guy because I'm right and he's wrong. Jesus, I don't understand why you tell me I have to go tell people about you because, number one, that's super awkward and it makes me uncomfortable. And number two, I don't really like them. I'm not sure I want them to come to my church. And, and Jesus says, I don't care if you understand. Your job is to obey. Later on, you'll figure out why. 
Later on, you'll understand that I've been preparing you for an eternal life, for a kingdom that is completely unlike the kingdoms of this world, where all that I have taught you will be life-saving. It's not God's job to give us a, a detailed itinerary for our future, but just the next step and the next and the next. I love the story in Deuteronomy we read earlier because it's this moment where Moses is asking the people to recommit to follow God as their Lord. Uh, and at the center of that calling is a decision to follow Him and obey Him. Uh, and Moses says in beautiful language, I set before you today life and death, blessings and curses. Therefore, choose life. Obey Him. Choose to stop believing that believing is enough. When I was in college, we had uh, this idea, uh, we, we were a big basketball school, and we had this idea that we, the fans, were the sixth man. And we actually had t-shirts printed that said sixth man. And we thought if you came into our school, we would cheer so loud and so hard that we would mess up the other team, and we were like a, a home court advantage. And it was a big deal for us. In 2000 and in 2001, my school won the national um, basketball tournament and got the title for that year. It was like pandemonium on campus, you can imagine, because we were all so sure that we were the reason they won, or at least part of the reason they won. We're the sixth man. You know, it's funny, uh, as that year went on, I noticed something. I noticed that my name as the sixth man never got printed in any papers. Uh, I noticed for some strange reason, I didn't get any NBA basketball calls asking me if I was interested in playing in a team, nor did I get any shoe deals, which I was really looking forward to. And, I, and eventually, I, I came to the hard realization that being on the bleachers, no matter how loud you cheer, is not the same thing as being on the court. That's what Jesus calls us to decide, right? It's great to believe, but He calls us not to stay on the bleachers, but get in the court, right? Get in the game. Begin to follow Him. Even though we don't know everything, even though we don't have all the answers, because we are uh, committed to straining forward to that prize, right? Believers don't get that prize. Disciples do. So today, Jesus invites you uh, to move forward, not just to believe in Him, not just to believe that He's the Son of God, not just to believe that He rose from the dead, um, but to choose to follow Him, to choose to strain forward to what lies ahead pressing toward the goal of the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thanks be to Him. Amen.